Welcome to Between Data and Risk podcast. Today we'll be talking to James E. Miller II, businessman with an extensive C-suite experience, founder and CEO of Division Investment Group, about creating, communicating, and implementing a business vision. Stay tuned. If you're a business owner or senior manager, you probably had more than enough about all the wonderful opportunities awaiting you in the era of digitalization. Whether it is big data, cloud, data science, or whatever buzzword is currently trendy. If you would like to hear someone dissecting these claims and showing you what it actually takes to improve business processes, you're in the right place. This is Between Data and Risk, where we discuss real-life examples of what works and what doesn't in the world of business operations. Hi, I'm Artur Guya, Cognition Shared Solutions Chief Risk and Strategy Officer, and with me is my co-host, your friendly neighborhood data guy, Dr. Marian Siwiak. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to this episode of Between Data and Risk. Today, we'll be talking about business vision and bringing it to reality. And we're excited to have with us as our guest, James Miller II, businessman with extensive C-suite experience, founder and CEO of Vision Investment Group, who agreed to share some of his experience with us. Hello, James. Hey. Thank you for allowing me to join in. Uh, great to have you here. We, uh, we've read quite a lot uh, and we've, you, you know, you've, you've um, appeared in various podcasts. Uh, so we have prepared by listening, listening to, to, to some of that. And uh, you speak a lot always about a vision, having a vision for a business and how it's important for, to um, to, to actually develop the business. So let's start with discussing what having a vision for business actually means uh, to you and uh, why is it important? Right. Yeah, no, and actually I, I, I appreciated the questions that you, you've asked me in regard to vision because what was really good is it helped me redefine some vision here as of late. So I went through your questions and I took notes and I pondered, and then I wrote some of these down so I could, um, be very clear and concise today as we talk about vision because it's such a, an extraordinarily important uh, part of doing business. And so allow me to read some of that as I took notes. But uh, the, the first question what you were asking was, what is, what is having a vision you know, for a, a business actually look like? And I thought that's, that's a great start right there. That's step one. Uh, first of all, you know, having vision provides clarity uh, as to the sense of purpose, of the business and those that work within that business. And once that vision has been cast, then you can establish the various goals uh, that align with the necessary steps that must be taken in order to accomplish or fulfill that vision. So that term vision is, it's, it's a waypoint. It's the directive for a company and the people within that, that company. I, if I may, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sometimes pretty cynical and, and grumpy, uh, so apologies <laughs> up front. Uh, would you care to, to tell us, uh, do you believe that there is something like a vision? Because we, I've heard it a lot in my, my, my career, and uh, I'm not, let's say, saying that I agree with it or that I don't, but I've heard a lot. It's like it's a company, its sole purpose is to make money to bring profit i think it started in 1970s when the shareholder value became like 
the ultimate goal. So how do you put the, the vision of the, of the, of the company? Uh, how, how does it weigh against uh, the, the, the profit? Yeah, so to me, by no means is vision solely about the bottom line, about the profitability. Vision is and should uh, encompass a more holistic definition, if you will, because we're talking about culture. We're talking about a company vibe, uh, a statement of principles and beliefs. Uh, one may even argue that uh, vision should incorporate um, an ethos with which you want to informally brand your business and your team with. So we're talking about a sense of purpose that provides an emotional ignition uh, with all the parties that are involved. That's vision. Is And of course you want to have growth. Of course you want to have profitability. But what good is growth and profit if no one is having a good time? If the company is not a company <laughs> worth working for? If people don't understand uh, you know, your principles and your values and your meaning? And to me, all you're going to create is probably a heavy environment of, of turnover instead of enjoying uh, and being part of a true team of, of accomplishing specific tasks and goals. Please, please tell me that there are some people who, who, who really listen to you and believe that, because I would love, I, I, I would love to work in a company uh, where the top management uh, has this sense of purpose and also creating this environment. I, I really like, we, we, we work very, a lot with processes. And but the processes are then realized by the by the people. We we Arthur is a risk guy. I'm the data guy. I should treat people like you know uh, necessary evil uh, standing in the way of my numbers. But we we cannot you know stop ourselves from stopping and talking to people. I wrote a book about database where where it's about talking to data people and business people. That's the that's the very foundation of it. So do really. Do you find, you know, the good ground for your work? I do. Uh, and a lot of that comes back to one simple fact, and that is we are all humans and we are in the game of life together. No matter if we're in business or not in business, we're in this together. So there's a mutual understanding within our organization of no matter where you are at in this company, whether you've decided after high school to get an hourly job or have your masters and are, are wanting to be in a leadership position. We're all humans, all in this together. So why not be respectful of one another, rely upon one another and, and just be good to one another. And I, it seems very simple, right? The golden rule of, you know, do unto others as you've had, have done unto you, but it truly has a lot of weight to it. And many companies and organizations have forgotten that, we're just humans doing something together um, to to reach a specific goal or task or a vision in this case. So now that uh, when 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 you create visions, I, I mean we've we've worked with with companies that have uh, that we can't say they had much of a vision. We've worked with companies that had great visions. But we also worked with companies that, that they had a vision, but you listen to them sometimes and you, you, you thought, you know, what were they taking when they had this vision? Because, you know, it's really, it's really something that they, they, they have a vision, but it has absolutely no connection with reality. 
how do you ensure that the vision is ambitious enough that it actually pre- presents a challenge, but mm. yet realistic enough that there is, you know, people people don't take you for a for an absolute, you know, dr- dreamer and, uh, and cuckoo. <laughs> well, I think there's kind of two things that you have to have common sense and a reality check when you're casting a vision. But uh, Sir Richard Branson uh, had a great uh, quote several years ago, and he said something to the effect of, if your dreams are not big enough to scare you, then they're not big enough. And vision to me needs to have an encompassing um, challenge to it, but still be realistic. Mm-hmm. And the biggest part, the gentleman, is it comes down from leadership. So leadership must create a vision that's it's got to be believable. It has to be worthy of being accomplished and it needs to evoke an emotional response to the people and teams that you're casting this vision to. Uh, if that team doesn't have a buy-in to your vision, then the likelihood of you realizing your vision is, is likely very low or it, it's doomed from the beginning. And like I said, it must be be- believable, inspiring, and convincing. And there also must be a clear purpose uh, in order for there to be a dedication from your team. Uh, so you touched upon a very important subject, which I think we, we need to we need to talk about in a minute, which is communicating the vision. But before we go there, I just wanted to to to, to ask you because obviously anyone who will listen to to us so far will will be thinking about Simon Sinek, and he start with why. Uh, how, do do you think that that's, that is the kind of the, the the core and foundation of of the vision? Start with why, or is it is it something different? Sometimes it's not a why at all. It's a what. Um, you know, you could say, why do we have, why do we want a vision, or what is the vision? What are, what is it that you want to, um, that you want to actually accomplish? Uh, and again, going back to what we talked about already earlier, it doesn't necessarily mean company growth or company profitability. That vision is a living, breathing. Uh, waypoint for companies and teams to be part of and to focus on. Uh, so, so now that you 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 have this vision, uh, sorry, Marian, you you look like you wanted to ask something. Uh, no? I, I I have, but I'm 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 holding my breath out because it's a risk related question. I hope you will come up with it. Okay, fine. Uh, he, he's setting me these challenges recently. Uh, now I wanted to. So you touched on on communicating the vision. So now you have the vision in your head, and it's very clear to you. And uh, but you need to bring other people on board. And uh, one of the, for example, I'm running a, a series of roundtables with startup owners uh, who have this this kind of issue that they they have the founding team. They know exactly what they're doing. They know they why doing it, how how they're doing it. But now they they need to grow, so they need to bring other people on board. And they hit a stumbling block because they don't know how to communicate this vision to others. How do you communicate this? If 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 you had someone who 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 knows exactly what they want to do, but they just don't know how to say it, what what advice would you give them? Well, the, I think the communication of vision also is part of the implementation process as well, because once you have a vision that is cast that you want to communicate out to the team, then you're going to have to take the steps to implement. Um, what's necessary to, to, to see through 
getting to vision. We're accomplishing vision. So, so first of all, you need to plan for that, right? You need to plan ahead. Uh, and, and again, being in business, most of us are in business. Uh, you put goals in places. You have uh, specific tasks and action steps mm-hmm. you're going to take place that you're going to implement in order to get to next phases of getting closer to your goal, which here is, is casting the vision and communication. Uh, I, I will tell you, it takes perf- perseverance and it takes practice and it takes persistence. Because when it comes to vision, when you cast that vision to your team, it's just not you say it and you're done. It's not just hanging a placard on the wall. It's part of your daily life, right? So leadership has to actively be talking about vision, reiterating about vision, and keeping this fresh in people's minds. Uh, There's a statistic that tells us that for someone to to understand something that has value to it, it takes them eight to 12 times of engagement with that before they fully understand and realize what's going on. Vision is so extremely important, extraordinarily important for a business. So if we only communicate at one time, it's probably hurrah, that sounds great. We look forward to getting there and then it's gonna fall off to the side. So it must be communicated at least eight to 12 times very clearly and also passionately making sure that you have a person who's running that team or leading that company that's casting the vision with passion, with excitement and energy, and that people genuinely know, believe in it. Doesn't stop somewhere because like the vision is something in, in, in my limited experience that should I don't know, permeate through the whole company from top down to the, to the shop floor. And if, on every, like, is it the CEO who should communicate it to, you know, the bottom, or do you expect everyone to be an excellent communicator on level of the managerial and organizational structure? Like, how, how, how do you see it? Because I, you know, again, I'm maybe grumpy, but I've seen a lot of times that you know, there was a leadership which even had some kind of a vision and pretty interesting ones, but Three steps down, it was just KPIs and the questions about, you know, how how doing this or that will improve my my personal KPIs with no connection to the bigger picture whatsoever. Right. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing there is if if they don't feel connected, then they probably don't feel part of the vision. And that's where I said earlier, it, for me, it's important that all different levels of team members are active and participating in casting that vision. They need to know that they have a buy-in, that their their voice actually is heard and is part of casting that vision. Uh, and, but you're also going to have those people, uh, I'll give you a very good example if you don't mind. Um, I'm doing some fractional work for a company called Space Intel. Spaceintel.ai. So they do the artificial intelligence for uh, facilities management of hospitals, restaurants, manufacturing, commercial development, and real estate, and so forth. And we, they were actually meeting with a company recently who has several hundred uh, outlets across the United States, and I think in right. Canada as well. And this company was talking about how they feel that that facilities management is it's wonky, it's antiquated. They need new technology. And Space Intel had the perfect technology for them to make it easier 
they would have a tremendous ROI on it, probably within the first week of implementation. But because old leadership and old ways did not believe in using virtuality and mm -hmm. you know, the virtual real uh, world and using artificial intelligence, they said no. So there you have a mindset of doing something an old way that's now antiquated, but they didn't want to do anything different because that's what they did traditionally. We we know it. You know we are working with with, with data and digital twins, uh, and uh, we sometimes encounter the situation where the good old ways and last twenty years we did it this way or thirty years uh, permit. Uh, it's something which is. So the question is how you overcome it, right? Well, I think you try your best to overcome it, but you will probably find that there are still within human mindsets, those mindsets that may not be right for your team. You know, the old saying about, uh, you know, you, you've got the school bus and you have the seats on the bus, but you need to have the right people in those right seats. And unfortunately, we do have times where team members aren't going to support a vision or be part of what the company culture is because it's really not the best place for them. And it may be time for them to to take a look at other, you know, uh, places in the bus. Right, right. Take a different bus. Fishing. <laughs> yeah. right. So, uh, so the 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 vision uh, kind of maybe we touched. We we've already spoken about about this a bit, but I just want to re reiterate this. So, apart from from having a vision for for some profit, for some growth for a company, uh, is is a vision about you know we want to change the world uh, because you, you've spoken about the, the, the culture within the company. You want to have a specific culture. You want to have a specific ethos. But what, what is the company for? Is it always we want to change the world in a, in a specific way? Well, I mean, you could want to change the world, but which world are we talking about? Every team could have their own vision and their own idea of the world that they want to change, whether it be culturally, whether it be a profitability, whether it be a threshold on sales. Um, you know, for those in the tech world, uh, it's creating something new that, that other companies or other uh, organizations have never seen before. Uh, you know, just recently, I was reading an article about um, the, the possibility of using 3D concrete printing to colonize the moon. And there's probably many people says, well, that's never going to be possible. We'll never be able to do that. That's far fetched. At the same time, if you don't have a visionary putting out these challenges, then then no one's going to go after that challenge. We we would be still on the trees, you know, chasing you know bananas probably. If no right. one would think of you know putting I don't know a stone to the stick and throwing it. Uh, but I have Arthur, a 3D printer next to me, so that's <laughs> that's actually a very, very good, uh, very, very uh, you know, example close to my heart. So now bringing this to life, uh, one of the in one of the uh, previous episodes, uh, we we've kind of came to the conclusion that for every visionary CEO at the head of a company, you need a COO next to him who will be a down to earth guy who will take this vision and actually stated in realistic terms and make it operational right mm -hmm. is that kind of the 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 uh do you paradigm agree with that? that yes in simple terms do you agree with that 
Yeah, I would agree that that's probably the norm. Uh, that doesn't mean that we can't break out of that mold, though, and do something completely different. What if you took leadership along with some of the, the I'll say, new entry-level people that have a, you know, it could be for, with your company for five years or 20 years down the road and get an idea from them with brand new perspective. And especially if they're younger, part of the millennial or Gen Z um, tier to get their perspective of what should be the vision of the company. Uh, mm. so, 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 so there are, there, there are multiple ways of building a vision uh, from what I understand. So it doesn't have to be a C CEO who is the sole source of the, of the, of the vision, which is uh, Pretty pretty nice uh, when it comes to to, to, to all these uh, collaborative efforts, uh, which I observed, for example, in a software development world, self-organizing teams want to be uh, yeah, self-organizing and uh, cho choosing their own fate, uh, so to speak. Uh, but still, we are we are pretty down to earth uh, process guys. Uh, so, like. Having a vision is good, uh, or as you say, necessary uh, or desirable. Mm. Now, what's your take on making it you know happen? Are there you know better and or, or worse? Because you know having the, the you can have a good vision, you can even communicate it, but without ability to execute it, uh, it will remain just that. Most of the times, of course. What, what we discuss is always some sort of a distribution. So there will be a company and a single example where the guys without any plan, they you know, actually went to the moon and they printed the houses. Okay, fine. But 99% of the, of the companies, they will need some way to operationalize the, the vision. Do you have any advice on, on, on that? How, how to approach going from the vision to, to, to operations? Yeah, so I mean, there's obviously a natural flow, uh, and there's two two parts to that too. So first of all, we talked about earlier that you know your vision just can't be a placard on the wall. It has to have life and it has to have breath to it. And if it's imp you know implemented properly and effectively, it is uh, a living, breathing organism by which you know people place their trust in and they're hoping. And it also relates to company goals and in achieving various successes. Uh, as defined by those same persons. So that vision may not necessarily um, have a grandiose statement that affects, you know, operations or the operations team. But again, it, it's more than the numbers. So why not incorporate within an operational side of the business a vision that coincides with and matches up to the overall company vision? In, in, in data governance, we, we, we use something which is called value statement, uh, where there is a um, reference point for decision-making and prioritization. I guess the vision has the similar role of, as you said, this is, this is the direction, this is where we are going. So if you can make, I don't know, a bit more maybe profitable way there, or a bit less, but leading, you know, us closer to 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 to, to the vision of 3D printing houses of the moon. I love it, or making a new house, the mousetrap. I don't care. Uh, this is like the the yeah the direct the di the direction. Uh, 
but still, you know, there is a roadmap. You can take highway or a you know, shortcut. Uh, but you need to make a decision. For the shortcut, you need to buy a horse, I don't know, some food, drink. Uh, for a highway, you would probably prefer to have a car. You need to decide also, not only that you want to get behind this hill, but you know, you need to make operational decisions. Uh, and I'm thinking like, do you think that yeah, who, who, whose role it is actually in the company? As you, as you you mentioned that the vision can be created by young people or by CEO or by some committee. There are multiple ways. Uh, but do you have any 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 thoughts on organizing the uh, making the vision come to life? Yeah, I, I think it goes back to the implementation implementation process. So you know, I've got some some of the key identifiers for me is obviously starting, um, you start with identifying what it is that you and the team want to cast as a vision. Uh, then you want to determine what's the purpose or the answer or achievement that as to why you're putting this vision in place um, and sharing with your teams. Um, and I think one of the biggest things is test the vision. That just you, Again, you just don't want to have your leadership putting the vision together, but you want to go after other variants within the organization and asking their input to see if they would have a natural buy-in. Because if you don't get the majority of the people within your organization buying into the vision, then it means nothing to them. And that vision truly is everything. And, and another thing too, as you're going through that process is once you've implemented vision, make sure you are going back and measuring its, its effectiveness and to ensure it continues to be relevant. Because once you cast a single vision, I don't believe it should be the same always. I, don't, I think otherwise you can become very stale with your vision. And that's where as, you, as the company evolves, as the people within the, the business, new people come in and have different mindsets. Uh, if we take a look at our economic climate, our social climate, um, what our, our customers expect from us, that vision will have to change. Mm. Now you're speaking. You're speaking uh, Marian's language because it's uh, obviously metrics, it's data, and uh, he's, he's the data guy. And uh, there you, go. you know, I'm 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 very surprised that his eyes didn't uh, didn't light up. But it's uh, it's, it's that I'm that thinking, time of the day. No, no, no. I'm no, no. I'm I, I'm just I'm just, I'm just thinking because um, yeah, you know, I'm thinking. How do you measure? How do you measure the vision? If, if it's uh, coming back to what you said about uh, Sir Branson uh, and his words, like if you want to 3D print the house of the moon, you need to measure if you have a house on the moon. There's uh, the question is you know the, the breakdown, the technical breakdown. If you need a rocket, I don't know to to, to actually get the parts there or anything. It's uh, it's a bit different. However. Uh, I actually want to, to to bite on your you know piece of uh, bone uh, and come back to the to, to the risk question. Like we are talking about re how realistic the visions are. Uh, mm. Do you uh, think that visions should have you know embedded uh, analysis of the risks related to to its realization, or it shouldn't bother itself with? 
okay, let's uh, let's let's not worry if the rocket will blow or not. Uh, like we want to build a house on the moon, and uh, is it is, is it a part of the vision or is it something that should be considered later? Like you know, on the this operational side, I, I, I'm just trying to 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 figure out uh, because when we are talking about the operations, we we have a pretty clear structure. We have the process. We have decisions, actions. We have data supporting decisions. We have risks related to, to, to actions and decisions. And now you're talking about integrating vision into all of it. And I'm trying to, to, to define this vision and its boundaries. Where, where does it really drive operations? Where it's just pointing the direction and when it's... Uh, uh, how detailed it is and, you know, Maybe I'm a bit down to earth, but this is this is my thinking. I'm sorry. I I know that I'm not not fully consistent, but I'm just trying to untangle the vision and see it as a whole. Right. Wow. Well, you're speaking like a true analyst. Thank you for that. Apologies. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Vision is. I think the thing about vision is it's like a dream, right? It, it's you set your sights for what you really want to do and what you want to accomplish mm -hmm. and what kind of culture you want to have and so forth. And you're constantly striving to get there, to be there. And if you actually do accomplish it, if you're like me, I'm one of those who, okay, I just accomplished it. Well, now I have to do better. Or I have to do more. I have to go to the next step. Because to me, if you don't stop continuing forward, that's where the staleness comes into an organization or a business and can cause a, a lack of growth, whether it be growth of leadership or growth to the bottom line. But you're right. There's definitely risk in it. I mean, every step that you take is going to have some variance of risk, whether it be a 1% risk or a 90% risk. But when you take a look at those various risks, you then also assess, if I really want to try this and there's a 65% failure rate, if I do fail, what would I learn from that? And what would I lose from that? And that's another risk you have to weigh out. Uh, true story in, I have a, a number of restaurants in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. And when we bring new managers into our restaurants, one of the best things or favorite things I like to, to do is to go up there to them and I'll say, I hope you fail sometimes this year. And they look at me very perplexed why would he say that? Why would he want me to fail? And then I'll respond, because if you don't try something new, we'll have not done anything new. So I'm expecting to try new things and you're going to learn on things that are that actually improve. And you're also going to learn that some of the things that you try, you failed at it. But it means that we're still striving for something outside the norm. It's actually very interesting. Just a couple episodes ago, we, we we spoke with Bob Volpe, who, who, who runs accountancy, helping with accountancy of franchise businesses. And I know that that, that you you have a big chain of of uh, restaurants. Mm -hmm. And uh, we discussed this uh, freedom of experimentation. Franchise. Uh, I know it's not exactly. Maybe it's part of the vision. Let's let's try something new. But uh, how, how does it work in in in, in your case? Like uh how 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 much of this operational freedom do do your people have and how it connects to the to the vision because it's actually pretty interesting because if you have this overarching vision then you have this smaller vision you said every team needs to have its own vision 
you know how uh, how our motto is what works and what what doesn't in the world of business operations, but like in practice. So tell us about exa- example of your of your chain. How is this responsibility for different parts of vision split? All right. So uh, so my restaurants are franchises. So we do have a franchisor, and of course mm-hmm. they have an operations manual we must abide by. But my mm-hmm. vision for my team is whether it be on the marketing side, how do we capture new clients? Uh, mm-hmm using you know marketing technology that still obeys the you know the the policies and foundations mm-hmm. set in the operations manual or how do we have better customer engagement what have we not done uh we have uh we did something very interesting in one of our restaurants uh, a couple of years back i was telling the manager there about a phrase i once learned and it was cassava and the, the term cassava, we would mm-hmm. say this to customers as they're walking out the door and we'd be like, cassava, cassava. And they'd be like, what, what are you saying? Cassava stands for come again soon, bring others. So we started saying that. In, what, la- in, 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 in what language? In English. It was just a, an <laughs> acronym. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's English, (laughs) but it's an acronym, and it stands for Come Again Soon and Bring Others. So we literally, our manager said at this location said, I'm going to do that. I want to see what what kind of reaction I get from my my guests. He had his team doing that. And within a few weeks, we actually had other guests coming into order who were saying cassava on their way out the door because it was catchy to them and they finally found out what it meant. And uh, I can't tell you if we actually raised sales or not there. I didn't do the, uh, the measuring on that that I should have, mm-hmm. but our team had a great time. We had customers having a great time. So what is customer engagement worth in this, in this scenario that cost us absolutely nothing to improve the engagement with our customers? Okay, it's a it's a great story, and uh, you know, one with uh, uh, you know, I, I'm sure I'm sure Marian, if you gave him the data, he could crunch it and, and give you exactly the, <laughs> the, the 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 details. Uh, but uh, it's it's kind of also an interesting one because uh, it it does show that there is an operating manual which tells you exactly what should be done, and there is this this kind of soul of the company that cannot cannot be written down i guess this is this is the vision we have a gray, gray, is also gray, a bi- gray zone not a gray zone you, <laughs> Marin is a biologist right <laughs> and he's talking about about blood and bones and tissues and i think what 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 you're talking about here james uh, is the soul of the company which cannot be placed anywhere and measured and weighed even though some people claim that soul weighs 21 grams, but uh, <laughs> it's... Uh, Not me. Uh, nope. it's, it, it's, this is the soul that needs to be, needs to be there for, for uh, an organization to, to, to thrive. And, uh, you know, every, everyone has to have their, their own bit in it, like, like you said, an engagement, right? Right. You know, and, and you mentioned something very interesting there. Uh, because we know it's not just about growth and profitability and numbers. It really is about a culture. It's about an environment. Uh, it's about something that people have a buy-in. And uh, so 
What's interesting to me, I was reading, there's a quote in the King James Bible. It's Proverbs 29, 18. And it actually talks a little bit about this. And it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Or in other words, the people succumb to being ineffectual and without purpose. So I found that very intriguing to, to read that passage and find out that, wow, it, it's saying that if people don't have someone leading and guiding them, that have a vision to say, hey, we're going to go from point A to point B, and here's how we're going to get there. For most people, if they don't have an individual or a team ahead of them providing that vision, they become lost. Uh, They just don't have a great uh, uh, purpose and become ineffectual. They they stay on the tree and chase bananas. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Yeah, from limb to limb, that's it. It's... uh, about but uh, actually it reminds me a story uh, when we spoke previously about about measuring the fun factor and, and effectiveness of the fun factor and I think that your your approach is in a sense healthier. I remember once doing an uh, analysis for for the company they had a big program it cost a couple of minutes they wanted to to, to recheck the the effectiveness of this program, and uh, I was unfortunate to, to to find out that the program actually, if you if you if you analyze it correctly, it had no impact whatsoever on sales, and they were so unhappy about it. Uh, but I think I think your 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 approach. I do, I don't think that uh, it's all meat and bones. It's people pe- people need to 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 to, to feel good. Uh, and want to to I think we forget it very often in in, in run in running business. But it's, this is this is where this is where reality kicks in because having a vision. Yeah, the, uh, we we mentioned we mentioned a few times on this podcast the the great quote from Muhammad Ali: "Everyone has a, a plan until they get hit in the face." Right? <laughs> and uh, uh, you know, having a vision is all great. But when problems come, when stress comes in a company, this is where a lot of companies lose the vision and start cutting and start, you know, behaving almost like automatons. There's there's knee-jerk responses. How how do you ensure that the the vision actually survives the stress? Uh, Because people are people. You you said yourself, we, we we are all human beings. And a lot of people under stress, they will, they they will react, uh, kind of pretty predictably, right? And the first thing that goes is a vision, right? Yeah. And by the way, yes, Ma- sorry, Ma- Marian just just uh, pointed out that the quote is not from Muhammad Ali but from Mike Tyson. I don't want to get hit in the face. I I, I thought I'd better mention it. <laughs> you are. I'm pretty sure you're correct. I just heard it the other day. I believe it is Mike Tyson. But you know what's interesting? Having vision is similar to um, turning the navigation on in your car to go from wherever you are to wherever you want to go. If there's an accident or or you know a, a water main break or something, you're going to by, be diverted. But you never keep your your eye off the goal. You never keep your eye off of where you actually want to end up. And you may be late, you may be sidetracked, but if you continue to have 
uh, a realistic idea of where you want to get to, you find your way back on course. And I think we've seen that through recessions. We've seen that through COVID. Uh, you know, one of the things um, we, we learn through those processes. And we also know that a vision has to have some flexibility to it. As I said earlier, if you don't continue to measure it and evolve that vision, then you're going to lose relevancy based upon factors around the uh, around you that you have no control over. No, uh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we, what what I kind of was aiming at is that uh, if, if I'm a be permitted a, a different analogy like Han Solo you know the, the first thing he did when he's uh, uh, his spaceship was bored he dumped the cargo right when people we what, what I'm I'm just worried and I've seen this happen a couple of times that people still go to the same in the same direction they just they just start shedding they they they, they start shedding uh, the culture they start shedding the 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 the, the people that may be necessary at some point but uh, I I think if, if... I may defend the vision. I know that you don't like when I when I answer your questions. I'm sorry, but this this time I uh, I feel like uh, because I I've seen it and I, I mentioned it like these people were sticking to KPIs. Hmm. This is this is I think that the biggest killer when 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 you have when when the only thing that counts is your KPIs. And uh, this is something that also uh, James said: vision needs to be repeated multiple. So it's embedded, right? You shouldn't be able to shed it so easily, right? Unless well, your KPIs, I, I, you are the only thing you're responsible and the only thing you're accountable are your KPIs. And I think we're reaching the end of the world if the data guy is talking about Values. KPIs as as if there if it's, as if it's something bad. I mean, we are we are really in the end of days. <laughs> but yes, no, I I, I, I think the vision is. <laughs> Yes, that's it's it's let's let's invest in that business because it's going to be needed very soon. Uh, I I think vision is absolutely absolutely important, and uh, you know we've uh, we've had experience with with companies, as I said, that that had no vision and was pretty horrible to work with them. Although some of them, by by simply by distribution of probability, some of them will succeed, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, unfortunately, well. <laughs> Fortunately for them, but uh, you know, and uh, there will be there will be some companies uh, that 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 have great vision but will not succeed. But it's it's about, I guess, kind of to to put it all in practical perspective, it's about shifting that probability to the to the right and getting getting that those those results effectively, painlessly, and with great experience for everyone. Because I noticed that you 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 do speak a lot about the human aspect of, of, of business uh, I think it I think it's also very 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 important to have a, a, a not not a humane business rather than just numbers efficient it does well it come, if you look at almost every business there is whether it be a service industry manufacturing uh, whatever it is there's three key ingredients that make up a business whether it's a good business or bad you have people you have product, and you hope you have profit, right? It takes all three to accomplish all three. And if you take one of those equations and mistreat that equation, let's say you have the right product and you're making a good profit, but you mistreat the people part, then at some point in time, that's gonna deteriorate the other two. So it's, 
yeah, it's a perfect, you know, perfect triangle in the business world that all three must be handled appropriately. And so, for for someone uh, kind of just maybe bringing bringing this to a to a, a practical conclusion, for someone who is struggling to build a vision, they have an idea, but they're struggling to build a vision. What would be the advice uh, that you would give to to uh, to an aspiring businessman? They they have a product idea, they have maybe some some skills or people who have skills, uh, but they just they just can't get their head around the vision. How would you? advise them to, to go about? If they already have a team around them, I would be seeking my team's opinion and what they believe is a valuable vision out there to cast together. Because you do have leaders out there who may not be good at casting a vision alone or by themselves, but because they've surrounded themselves with good people, right there is a natural place to, to garner the, the right vision for the team and the company. Oh, great! The, the, the collaborative experience, and I think I think this is from from my roundtables with with startup uh, founders who uh, uh, who hit this this problem of of how to maybe communicate the vision. Very often, the problem is they don't they don't really know what what they're communicating. And I think I think you've hit the nail on the head that very often they're they they just they're afraid to ask the other people for opinion because they think that they're they're expected to have the final word, the final answer. So they just ask, afraid to ask the, those questions. But right. I think I think that that is that is great advice. Uh, I think I think this is this this is all fascinating, and uh, we've got you know a really really important component of of having success in business, which is that of having communicating and then executing a vision. Uh, we've we've covered it pretty nicely. Uh, I know that people can reach you on LinkedIn, and uh, I, there are also other podcasts that uh, you've taken part in. Uh, so we're going to put links uh, to the in in the description to the episode. Quite a lot of material that where people can uh, uh, hear uh, all about that. Um, are there any any other kind of thoughts that you wanted to to some to, to share with us or summarize? I. Well, one thing too that just came to mind is when you start talking about uh, when you're talking about leadership casting a vision and maybe getting hung up on not being able to do so. I would say if when a leader fails to look to their people for also for guidance and direction, that's when leadership turns into a dictatorship, and most likely that's not going to work. Oh, that's uh, that that's true. We just have to look at some countries today. Uh, great. Uh, <laughs> Uh, thank you very much for 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 sharing all this with us. I think it's with it was a great episode and quite quite a lot to think about also also for us because uh, you know we're as uh, as with with every kind of episode we've we've learned uh, quite a lot and uh, as as always uh, let's hope it was of use to someone. Thank you for listening. Also, don't miss the next one where we'll be talking about employee onboarding and how to structure processes to make this easier. We'll focus on the hospitality sector and our guest will be Robert Rain, Human Resources Executive Director of Ohana at Ono Hawaiian Barbecue. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or visit bdr.show to find out more about future episodes and guests. You can also check out Cognition.llc for more information on Cognition Solutions, our services and other events hosted by us. For now, it's thank you from myself, Arthur Guya, 
and my co-host, your friendly neighborhood data guy, Dr. Marian Siwiak. Thank you and goodbye.